A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cut set or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips. And joining me in our state-of-the-art studio, 60 feet beneath FIFA headquarters in Zurich, are Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah. Hi, Danny. Hi, everyone. And James Larry Luscombe. Hello, mate. Hello. Um, right, so what is the Hip Hop World Cup, I can hear you asking? Well, uh, it's really rather simple. What we want to do is decide once and for all what the best hip-hop albums are uh, for each year of hip-hop's golden era, which, for the purposes of this podcast, uh, runs from 1988 to 1996, the year hip-hop famously stopped being good. Uh, and of course, the only possible way to decide that, uh, what the best albums are, is to use a World Cup-style knockout tournament, of course, the perfect combination of hip-hop and football. It's going to deliver all the answers we've been looking for. What are the best hip-hop albums in each year? of hip-hop's golden era what's not to love it's very exciting isn't it chaps i mean that's that's the only possible way of deciding this absolutely and they've, they've been looking for a way to combine football and hip-hop for decades now haven't they absolutely. we finally cracked it so we've cracked it they came close in 90 with john barnes getting involved yep. in the uh, anthem yeah but um breaking but yeah, down doors absolutely but otherwise it's never been done before um so so how does it work um well i'm going to hand you over to our official adjudicator now to explain the rules in full so here are the rules. Using a scientific process of shortlists and horse trading, Danny, James and Steve agree on a list of eight albums from the chosen year, which will compete for the Hip Hop World Cup. In each round, our pundits draw the albums from a hat to decide who plays who. Then discuss each match and vote for the album they want to win. Albums with the most votes progress through the rounds to the final, where the lads vote again to decide which album is the undisputed Hip Hop World Cup champion. Let the games begin! Right, so in this first episode, we're taking a look at the albums of 1992, uh, a year full of great music and great memories. Uh, Chaps, cast your mind back to 1992. Um, You know, what were you doing and what are your overall thoughts on this year in hip-hop? I mean, it's a pretty good one. Some good albums, some not so good. What are your thoughts, Steve? I really like 92. I think it's a really good year. There's there's obviously one very, very uh, legendary album that's going to take some beating, but... I think there's uh, there's a lot of good albums you know some of them are quite political uh i think things are starting to kind of shift in the kind of sound of hip-hop here we get snoop doggy dog making his debut you've got some like real heavyweight rappers uh got cool g rap rakim and uh pete rock coming to the fore so 
I think it's a really good year. I think that, that you know, as we get into the World Cup in a, in a moment, I think we'll see there's some really big teams that haven't made it to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, there's some really big names. It's like a who's who of all the big uh, producers and rappers in the sort of sort of earlier stages of their of their careers. So it's kind of like it's a very interesting year. Larry, what are your thoughts on, on '92 in, in general? Yeah, same really. I mean, just just looking at um, the. The, the whole kind of field there's um yeah just like lo- loads of really kind of uh heavyweights uh you know commons got his first album out not very good but he's you know gonna go on to be uh you know a force to be reckoned with um obviously you got sir mix a lot of course yeah but everyone's favorite so is that not um, in our top eight then i don't think it is like you know steve steve was um agitating to get it in <laughs> i think but um didn't didn't quite make it in the end when it comes to um, evaluating these albums and ranking them and sort of deciding which ones you think should should win and go through to the next rounds and such, have you got any, what, what are your processes, what are your methods for doing that? Steve, let's start with you. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the kind of like long player idea that, that, you know, having an album that's like really kind of coherent and you can listen to it from the, from the beginning to the end without kind of skipping too much and, you know, obviously, rapping is really important so having having good rapping all the way through and, and good production so i kind of like kind of like to get a kind of general feel for the album and you know work out how many kind of good tracks are on there or how many great tracks are on there and yeah i'm not particularly scientific just kind of I, I like to get a real feel for an album yeah yeah i'm kind of like you i, I i've got a like um a hierarchy in my mind from obviously you haven't listened to these albums for, for quite a long time and haven't bought them at the time and in my mind, I've got I've kind of got a ranking. I've got a, where they sit on the overall grading, um, and I I've got a kind of a rule where I put myself in the mindset of how I was feeling back then. You know, back in the year they came out, like what was I listening to the most? What were my albums? You know, where what did I listen to more than another? I try and factor it all in. It's quite a it's quite a subjective process. It's not very, very subjective, isn't it? I, it I is. think I tried to be more objective than you. I think I, yeah. I tried to, to to look at it from a kind of historical perspective rather than, you know, I think you listened to more of these albums at the time than I did. So yeah, you can take a kind of a step back. How about you, Larry? Have you got any special? Yeah, mechanisms? I mean, I've, I've got my favourites, obviously, but I, I do try and be as objective as I can about it and try and listen to you know the albums with fresh ears and try and like for ones that i'm not particularly familiar with i try and imagine if i had them at the time how would i kind of feel about them how would they compare with with the others that i, that I do like and know um but i am i've tried to be really kind of analytical and scientific about it as well and i've actually um kind of purchased access to a to a system that's um it's a fledgling sort of system, but it's it's um, c- commercially available in, in, in beta stage at the moment. Uh, it's called True Score, and True Score. Um, it's basically a it's a yeah it's a tool. It's a system to help objectively, analytically process uh, hip hop. Oh. Um, it's been established for quite a while. It's kind of heavily used, sort of by you know a lot of the uh, music magazines uh, for rock music and whatnot. But they've. Um, <laughs> They've added a hip hop um, sort of app, <laughs> like a like a module recently, a plugin. Plugin. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's. It, I think it's working quite well. It's come up with some um, with some interesting stuff. So 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 uh, sorry, just gonna back up. So this is a third party software that you've licensed, or have you had a hand in developing, or what's <laughs> what's what is this software? I can't, I can't get to. Um, I don't want to get bogged down in the details, and it's uh, you know, it's proprietary stuff. So. 
Um, well, the sound you know, Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, don't, want, don't want to talk on too All much right. about it. Well, so proof yeah, proof so will be in the pudding with that. That sounds extraordinary it. stuff. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that uh, what it, that comes yeah. up with. All right, cool. Well, um, let's uh, let's move on to the actual World Cup now. But before we get on to the eight albums that did make it into our um, World Cup for, for 1992, let's have a look at some of the albums that that didn't get in or ones that we, you know, honourable mentions, ones that we would have liked to have seen in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Steve, it sounds like you've got quite a few that you, yeah. you you feel should have been in there. So let's let's start with you, just to have a couple of those. Very, very frustrating, I think. There's, there's some absolute classics that for some reason didn't, didn't make it. And I think, you know, we've got Gangstar, Daily Operation, classic album. We've got Red Man, What the Album. <laughs> what, how did that not get in? We've got uh, Diamond D. Shorty the Pimp. No, I haven't <laughs> had that one, so. I think that's but too Diamond good. Diamond D. Got disqualified because it was too good. I turned my personal favourite, which was just love listening to it, um, the Diamond D album, Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop, which I just think is absolute classic for that time and one that I've played many, many times. Yeah, you're a big fan um, of that one, aren't you? Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's brilliant. It's got some real classic tracks on there as well. Uh, and the Showbiz and AG album, Runaway Slave, which I absolutely love as well. I think those those are two albums I really wish were in this World Cup. And, but that's the World Cup, isn't it? If you don't get through qualifying, you can't kind of compete on the big stage. She's a cruel mistress. What about you, Larry? Which um, which albums would you like to have seen in here that aren't on our list? Yeah, there's to be completely honest, there's, there's nothing that didn't make it that I would have really liked to have seen in there. Um, I did try and give some of these albums a listen to that I wasn't familiar with. I was actually quite, I wouldn't say taken with the Underground Kings, the, like the UGK uh, album, but I wouldn't mind revisiting it and giving it a bit more of a listen. It's kind of, it's quite, it's a really unique sound for this year and uh, yeah, quite innovative. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be sort of uh, pushing for it to be to be in there, to be yeah. honest. Um, wait, what about Way Too Funky by uh, DJ Quick? Is that one that you... DJ Quick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as you, well, like you, I'm a massive fan of DJ Quick, but he that was slightly after I got into him, really. I, I think my, my yeah. love for him started with Safe and Sound, and I sort of retrospectively went back and checked those ones out and uh, never got into it in the same way, but yeah. you know that it's a solid album. Um, you know, with that classic quick sound. So, and yeah, as you know, I like the second to nine album from 1991. So, you know, I'm a big fan of quick, but just not not enough for that one to, to get into my list. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. But for, for me, I mean, the massive um, omission, and you've already alluded to it, Steve, is, is Red Man's What the Album. For me, that's one of my, if not top 10, top 20 albums of all time. It's fantastic. I think it's such a great album in terms of his lyrics and his flow and delivery i don't think he ever matched it later on i think a lot of people with red man they like his latest stuff what, what he started doing with there is a dark side and muddy waters and those sorts of albums but for me what the album is is my favorite red man um it, it's packed with sort of songs and lyrics and verses that i i just recite i can recite in my head and that's the mark for me of a good track or a good album it's packed full of stuff that you you know the words because it's so ingrained in your mind and it's funky um, it's funky. It's Eric Sermon. You know, it's he's got a very distinct sound, Eric Sermon. And you either like it or you don't. But I, for that album, it just there's so many great tracks on it. Time for some action is is a great track. I, I just it's it just blo it boggles my mind that it's not made it. But I guess we are at the mercy of of our own preferences and our own experiences with hip hop. Yeah. So you know, if it didn't speak to you that album at the time, then it's not going to be on your list. So, but yeah, for me that was a that was a straight that would would have been straight in there. Yeah, cool. Okay. So um, before I announce what eight albums did make it, I just want to um, give you some very exciting news that um, 
after the final, when we found out what our winning album is for 1992, we've got a very special guest joining us on the line. Um, somebody who was had a great 1992, the ex-Denmark and Man United goalkeeper, Peter Schmeichel, will be joining oh, wow. us to Honestly. talk about the winning album. 100%, yeah, he's lined up on the line now. And we're going to talk to him about our winning album at the end of the show. So please stay right. tuned to that one. You how, do you, how do you pull that one off? Just it, it, it took weeks and weeks and weeks of pestering yeah. his people. Um, finally, he caved and he, we've got him on the show. A massive hip hop fan. Um, so please do keep listening because he's going to be giving his thoughts on our winning album. Great. I look forward to that. Cool. So without further ado, let's tell you what the eight albums were that made it into the Hip Hop World Cup 1992. They are Dead Serious by Daz FX, uh, The Lynch Mobs, Gorillas in the Mist, uh, Cool G Rap and DJ Polo's Live and Let Die, The Predator by Ice Cube, Pete Rock and CL Smooth's debut album, Mecca and the Soul Brother, The Far Side, uh, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, uh, Eric B and Rakim's Don't Sweat the Technique, and of course, Dr. Dre's The Chronic. So that's your eight albums. Fellas, that's a pretty strong lineup, would you agree? Yeah, that's a quality lineup, isn't there? There's a, yeah. there's a couple albums in there that aren't my favourites, but all of those albums are fantastic. Yeah, this is going to be a really, really good World Cup. So uh, without uh, further ado, should we get on with round one? Let's, Let's do it. Okay, so in round one, um, to get things uh, moving along, uh, the round one matches were drawn and played earlier today, uh, which gives us a chance to talk about uh, some of the losing albums in more detail and discuss the winners in, in greater detail in the semis later on. Um, so we're kind of bringing you the highlights uh, from round one in this episode. Some some episodes we're going to be bringing you the full matches and talk about each album in detail. Uh, but for this one, we're just going to uh, talk about the, uh, the albums that uh, lost in round one. So... Um, in the first game, uh, we saw Daz FX drawn against the Lynch Mobs, uh, Gorillas in the Mist, uh, and that one was a 2-1 win for Daz FX, uh, with uh, well, Steve and myself voting for Daz FX, and Larry, you voted for the Lynch Mob. That's an interesting... Yes, yes it's interesting that you voted for Daz FX over Gorillas <laughs> in the Mist. Like, yeah, Steve, I expect pleasure. this kind of thing of, but Danny, this, you've, I think you've really let the side down. So I think I've let mad, everyone down. Mad verdict yeah well I, I, to be honest i did find it very very difficult um because for me does effects was like unlike anything else we'd heard before yeah. and i was coming at it from the kind of impact side of things like what the impact it had on hip-hop in general and the impact it had on me in terms of hearing something fresh I'd ne that i'd never heard before and i think with the does effects album it's 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 just that style was massively influential. Like, I don't think we should really underestimate how how influential it was. Yeah. Whereas for the, for the you know for the for the Lynch Mob, it was a you know a great album, and I listened to it loads. Um, but it you know I just I just I don't know I felt there was more about Daz FX. Uh, they they brought more to the table with that album. Um, Let's face it, Grizz and the Mist is an ordinary album. No. And the, the whole of this World Cup, it's it's. It's not a good long play, which you know I, I, I like, and it and it just plays that. It's got some good tracks, one great track, Grizz in the Mist, but they all sound like Ice Cube. They're all a bit kind of angry. I know it's like the midst of like all the LA riots and the Rodney King stuff, but it just is 
boring in my opinion. And then, you know, we'll talk a bit more about Das Effects in the next next round. I mean, you couldn't have a kind of more interesting album, I don't think. So I I don't have anything else to say about Grizzlemist apart from it's ordinary. So so have I made a dreadful mistake, Larry, then? Well, I think so. Do you do you, you stand by your your scores? I do. I, I, I stand by it. I just... I just feel I just think it does affect this album had a bigger impact on on me and on hip hop in general and I just yeah. for that reason I think I listened to it just as much as I listened to Grizz in the Mist back in the day hmm. um you know it's a, I mean, Grizz in the Mist don't get me wrong I mean it's a solid album love it to bits uh I think maybe yeah. I was just I'm more into that west coast sound at that time yeah maybe that um, is yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if I actually had the album when it came out probably not I probably discovered it later yeah but at a time when I was listening to a lot of west coast stuff yeah and yeah I just it's just it's really kind of um really heavy Larry, kind of funky uh, I, I think the, the reasons that kind of you know Steve cites about it being like it sounds like an ice cube kind of album that's that's what makes it so good it's not you know it doesn't it's not as good as kind of ice cube's best work but no. some of the tracks on there just, just hit really really hard like you know i, I think they all trying to they all try to they all sound like ice yeah cube. they that's do just, that, yeah. that's true it's like it's he, it's like he wrote <laughs> yeah his fingerprints like his fingerprints, group of ice cubes his fingerprints are all over it you know he did produce it and everything it is like a, it's like an ice cube album you know you don't know quite how much influence he had over you know how much creative in- input uh the three members of the lynch mob had you know in it i mean i guess because ice cube is quite experienced that he maybe showed them the best way to go but yeah it does sound yeah. like an ice cube album um and it, but you know it's a great it's a great album funk driven you know and it's got a load of those sort of really funky samples but like sampled in a way that makes them sound really crunchy and kind of Yes, you know, compressed. Yeah. That's what it's I like. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. that that group of producers and, and around that time, I don't know what they called the Boogie Men production, like Sir Jinx and DJ Pooh. They had that yeah. way of, of, of processing the samples. It's made them sound really lo-fi. Yeah, um, with a very distinct kind of beat. I, th- I think they probably were just lo-fi. Yeah, like, they're probably probably done quite inexpensively. Yeah. Um, apart from you know. Like the, the kind of like your Ice Cube albums would have been a bit more big ticket, yeah. Kind of events, I suppose. But you think that was a, that was a, just a byproduct of how they made them rather than I, a creative I think, decision? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. um, you could like it's the same production team, isn't it? As um, like Live and Let Die. Uh, yeah. it's like it's, well, it's and, not Sir Jinx. Sir Jinx, not? Sir Jinx did Live and Let Die. Uh, there's no Sir Jinx stuff on on Lynch Mob's album. Oh really? It, it's okay. Mis- Mr. Woody. Um, and Ice Cube himself, and uh, and Chili right, Chill, okay. of course. Oh, okay. Get Chili Chill. No, absolutely. But it's it's a really similar sound yeah. to a lot of the stuff on Live and Let Die, and similar to kind of you know like Ice Cube's um, like to Death Certificate. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we you know we've also got the Predator in this in this competition, and you could argue that I think some of these. Gorillas in the Mist beats might have been a bit better used on that album. It would have made that a bit kind of bit more listenable. But yeah, yeah I just just That's lots Larry, of which, tracks on this that I really love. Larry, which tracks uh, scored highly on your kind of like scoring system, whatever? It on the, the true the true score true, uh, system. Yeah, Gorilla, yeah. Gorilla, Gorillas in the Mist was the highest scoring what, track. What did, that, did it get like a ten or a hundred? It's they're, they're all out of five. Um, 
kind of uses uses like AI to mark them out of a, on a five point scale. Um, I, I think anyway, that's kind of that's that's part part of what it does. It's, it's a lot more sophisticated than that, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's the standout track. Gorillas in the Mist, like love the beat. Some really kind of memorable li- uh, lyrics. Sorry, uh, you know about swinging from the vine, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, love that um, track. And then what else is good? All on my nutsack. That's a good one. We really like the sample on that. And again, and again, a very, very good example that of that crunchy, track. crunchy yes. sampling style. Yeah. On all on my nutsack. Great, great stuff. Yeah, but the devil um, ain't got no class. That's kind of that's mugs, isn't it? I think. Uh, yeah. Well, it's got be real on it. What did that score? Like, am I just imagining? That's a that's a four. So have I imagined that it's a Muggs track? It kind of sounds a bit like a Muggs track. Yeah, it no, it's, not, it's really not produced by Muggs, but it's got yeah, Be Real Hard-hitting, gritty. Um, yeah. I think maybe yes, they were trying to emulate, yeah, emulate his yeah. style. I, I, can, I, can, I can kind of, yeah, possibly. I can, imagine, I can imagine it on the Predator with Ice Cube kind of rapping on it. That would be really good. And then Ankle Blues I love as well. Really nice sample. Um, yeah. yeah, the verses kind of sound like Ice Cube wrote them, as do most of the lyrics on the album really yeah uh, lord have mercy yeah there's just there's a couple kind of weaker tracks for me yeah. but the rest of it i just think is great lyric lyrically lucky to get to the world cup final wasn't it and it's and it's it's you know it's had its you know day in the sunshine <laughs> yeah it's enjoying itself yeah it's got to the stadium early had a look around wearing their suits we're sending it <laughs> Yeah, but the, lyrically they're not they're not the greatest either, are they? But I just there's something about they're not. But like, it's it's the it's the delivery and the, the passion yeah. in the delivery. They, they're kind of gruff, kind of hyper style. Yeah. It's very entertaining, very engaging. I, I quite like that. I do like that. But they're racking. They they are not. No. Um, <laughs> true. But I, I always like Buck the Devil on this album. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I like the snare on it. It's always uh, I love that snare. Yeah, that that's how you use a P funk loop. I think absolutely, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, any any more to say on that on this album, gents, or should we move on to the next game? Uh, let's move on. No, let's I move on. So, yeah, move on. So, so uh, Effects was the winner there, knocking out the lynch mob. Come on, y'all, get locked down. Damn hot, welcome in your town. Come on, come on, y'all, get locked down. Damn hot, welcome in your town. Uh, and in the second game, uh, we have uh, Cool G Raps Live and Let Die playing Ice Cube's The Predator. Now, this is a really interesting one for me because these are two uh, similar sounding albums, similar production styles, the sort of same people behind the boards. Um, and I, I was very interested to see how this one played out. Um, and it was a 2-1 win for Ice Cube. Um, so another narrow one. It wasn't a whitewash by any, by any means. But uh, yeah, we had votes for Ice Cube from myself and you, Larry. And Steve, you went for Cool G Rap. So do you want to explain yourself on that one? Oh, it's just a superior album. I, I mean, I will fully admit I'm not Ice Cube's biggest fan. And I, and I do like The Predator. It's not like, you know, I've got anything against it, like with the Grillers and the Mist. But um, for me, you, you've got you've got such a fantastic rapper. You know, Cool G Rap is just just fantastic the way he kind of like controls his breathing his kind of his voice is fantastic his his presence he just flows fantastically i think on on probably every single track on this album and you know contrast that with with ice cube who is a he's a really good rapper but you know he's he's quite an angry fierce rapper and maybe doesn't kind of have the same kind of 
cadence as cool G-Rap. He's very commanding, isn't he, G-Rap? He is. He is one of the greatest rappers ever, you know, just... He's, a, he's an amazing rapper, lyricist, but also a great storyteller. Like some of the yeah. stuff on this album is just fantastic stories. It really like pulls you in. Yeah. And you're like a, really listening. This is a pioneering album, isn't it? This is, yeah. This is like a shift to like that kind of like mafiosa. I think like the, the, ver the very first line on the album, um, I got a job for the mob. Yeah. What was it? A job for the mob selling keys or something. Keys, yeah. And yeah, yeah. it just draws, draws you in right from the very, like you want to know yeah. how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. It's more gangster and more sexual than any of his other albums before this. Oh, 100%. It's really violent, very sweary, uh, yeah. sexually explicit, misogynistic, very... It's, it's a pro problematic... Horrible misogyny oh, on there. It's a problematic album, but for that reason, it's very entertaining. Um, yeah. I do, I do find he kind of relies on swear words quite a lot, like he'll punctuate yeah. a lot of the sentences with, with <laughs> yeah. MF this and MF that, which I think, I think he's better than that. Um, but overall, I think it's a really entertaining album with some great lyrics, great stories. Yeah. We need um, we need to decide though what DJ Polo actually does. Well, I was actually going to say that. I, I still don't really know. I'm unsure about his role in all, all of this. And I was just wondering, you know, if any of our listeners out there know uh, what DJ Polo uh, does, um, then please, you know, hit, send us a postcard, hit us up at, at Hip-Hop World Cup on, on Twitter or Instagram and just let us know what, what DJ Polo does. Because uh, we don't have a clue i think he was i think um he was quite have he was quite heavily involved in the in the catering i think was he <laughs> yeah right. he, would, he would like arrange the sandwiches chicken um, get biscuits. like the get the yeah get the kind of robinsons he'd make up the robinsons <laughs> drinks um dilute them yeah yeah, get the sweets. And stuff. yeah. yeah. yeah go the get me some sweets dj <laughs> polo i'll bring back some polos <laughs> yeah Never, yeah, you never heard that one before. Um, <laughs> so yeah, listen. Well, for me, I mean, yeah, Live and Let. I mean, another really, really difficult one. I mean, Ice Cube for me, great album. Um, th but I love this, this, this uh, Live and Let Die album. Um, it's, it's, he went over to the West Coast to record it, and I think that was a really good move for him. I think his, his vocals, his, his lyrics, they really suit that style. Um, and it, to me, it, it sounds like a lost Ice Cube album. It sounds like. It's like it's like a reverse America's Most Wanted, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a really good way yeah. of putting it. Um, it sounds like yeah, like an, the album that, that, that Ice Cube didn't record. Um, I think I listened to the Predator more back in nineteen ninety two. I have to admit, but this one it just always spoke to me. Uh, I think it's got Sir Jinx at his very best. Uh, what the producers they did most of it, and the Trackmasters did a did a few tracks on this as well of uh, Nas. It was written fame, um, oh, yeah. broken tone. So yeah. It really, really love the production. Uh, super funky, tons of samples, scratches, gritty, head nodding hip hop. Um, just, just, just really, really good West Coast sound. Uh, I really love this album, but it always felt yeah. like quite a obs obscure album to me. Like I never. I mean, I, I have to. I was going to say, I have to admit, and this is kind of going to um, call into question my hip hop credentials. But I've only listened to this as a byproduct of doing this podcast. Yeah, that's weird. Never listened to it before. It's strange. Um, scored highly on True Score then, on your kind of like. Uh, well, it not it hasn't scored really high because um, I I think if I was if I was more familiar with it, I would give it a bit more of a weighting rather than just relying completely on True Score for this. Um, but it's actually not that different scoring wise from The Predator, which which yeah. is an album that I do know a lot better, and I think. I think I probably voted for the Predator more on just knowing it and yeah. kind of having some goodwill towards it. I think the problem with Live and Let Die, it doesn't 
it, it uses up kind of most of its good ideas early on, mm. I think. Like, the rest of it is solid. It doesn't quite live up to its early promise. I remember kind of hearing On the Run and Live and Let Die for the first time. I was like, what have I been missing out on? This is good. Like, if, if it stays like this, this, this is going to be great. And and it is really good for the first kind of five tracks or so. I think Train Robbery is the last really good track. And then sort of from number one with the bullet onwards, it starts to go downhill. But then you've got Operation CB, bit. which... Operation yes. CB is great storytelling. Yeah, and you've got letters. It's definitely not all bad after no. that. It's just, though, it's kind of got those really big hitters at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if I'd kind of grown up with it, I probably would have given it the nod over Predator, I, I, I yeah. think, maybe. Closes out nicely, though, with Two to the Head, which is kind of real hardcore, kind of all star lineup, Bushwick Bill. Scarface, Ice Cube. I always like the way it ended with this big kind of... Isn't Letters not, at the end as well? Letters let, let, well, Letters is uh, track 12. It's a bit, a bit earlier on, but I think Letters is really good as well. Really clever. Um, and just shows his kind of lyrical dexterity, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. A really good album. Really close one for me. Um, but I think overall, I think Ice Cube, yeah, I think Justified going through. Uh, the third round was another um, interesting one. Uh, it saw Pete Rock and CL Smooth's Mecca and the Soul Brother taking on the Far Side's Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. Uh, and this one was another 2-1 win. There's a lot of narrow, you know, uh, very narrow matches in this round. Um, it saw the Far Side win 2-1 uh, with uh, me and Larry both voting for the Far Side and a Soul consolation goal for Pete Rock and CL Smooth from Steve uh, so what, let's unpack this one then lads I mean uh, what's going on Steve let's see why, why did uh, Pete Rock and CL Smooth get your vote okay uh, so I honestly don't know what you two are thinking because Macro and the Soul Brother is an absolute classic hip-hop album and I think it would be rightly considered in most people's you know top top lists and this is Pete Rock's debut debut album uh, he is an absolute legend far more legendary than than Farside and CL Smooth is not quite so legendary um, but you know this was the beginning of um, of them uh, you know coming out with two really good albums with uh, with the main ingredient after this one um, so I don't know you've got Pete Rock who's considered one of the greatest ever producers and he raps pretty well on this as well and it is funky it's soulful it's got loads of like those funky horns it's got don't don't you think it's just a little bit boring though well how can but you've got like so for me as i said at the beginning I, I kind of look at how many good tracks and how many great tracks there are and for me i think there's five great tracks on this album i, I love for pete's sake love lots of loving troy which is absolute legendary part in front of me in the basement i think those are absolute bangers they're just brilliant and there's in fact there's only one track on the whole album i don't like and that's wig out i don't really right that's the only one else but it's a great long player all those other tracks are good and they're well produced they're well wrapped on so i really i really can't believe that you didn't and the far side is a good album you know i'm not i'm not denying that i just think that this is a 
legendary album. And I can't, I can't kind of see past that at the minute. I'm quite cross. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's a good album, but I, I just don't think it's anywhere near as entertaining or creatively satisfying as the Far Sides album. It's, it, it's, it's quite fun. It's quite pedestrian. I find it quite yep. samey throughout. Like, don't get me wrong, like, hip, Pete Rock is one of my favourite hip-hop producers of all time, and you know that, you know, and so, I've met him as well. I would uh, I should just throw that in there. Um, but, like, I love his production. Uh, he's one of my all-time produce- uh, favourite producers. I love his I love his hi-hats. It's one of the things I love about his beats, is his hi-hats. They're always very crisp and kind of hmm. um, pronounced. Yeah. And uh, he's the king of horn samples as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I bow down at the altar of Pete Rock, don't get me wrong, and his latest stuff I love too. I think what, what bugs me about this album is CL Smooth. Um, yeah. I just I can ne- I can never get on board with him as a rapper, and it's not just like I mean it's his voice it's his flow, but it's just something about how he raps it just kind of stays the same all the way through doing the same uh, cadence the same flow doesn't vary much I find it a bit dull, and ironically yeah, ironically I always, I found Pete Rock as a more sort of a better rapper he has kind of got this amateurish charm when he gets on the mic, yeah uh, and for some reason I just never warmed to CL Smooth I don't know about you Laura did you are you the same. Yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of get this out of the way by saying that, it, you know, the album's got Troy on it, which is probably, you know, I would have given it a 10 if I if it wasn't kind of, if, if my system allowed for it. It's probably the single best song out of all of the albums, like in this, in this round, I think, or in, in this competition. Um, and that's what makes it so disappointing that the rest of the album just doesn't live up to that any anywhere near really I, th- I think um this was actually an early indication for me that i'd made the right investment with true score yeah. because um i already had my own kind of feelings about this album and the true score system like backed it up perfectly um it's only scored a 2.69 out of five, um, which I know, Steve, you're kind of gonna you're gonna protest at that. But I'm sending some around. Yeah, to check the spreadsheet. I can. <laughs> I can, it's check. It's not. It's not a spreadsheet. So it's a system. It's um. <laughs> yeah, I can barely bring myself to listen to the album. Like really, it's just, it's just so boring. Um, I, I don't. I don't rate CL Smooth at all. Um, I kind of find it bizarre that people um, like latch onto him so much. Um, I don't think Pete Rock hits his stride until kind of you know the main ingredient. And like Danny, I kind of absolutely love Pete Rock's. Like the, the best of his production is um, he's you know one of the all-time greats. But I don't know like the drums feel kind of really weak on this album i think like you know it's boom bap but the, the kicks and the snares just don't kind of knock hard enough for it to kind of be a good boom bap album really um yeah the samples are just a bit bland it's a bit kind of the whole thing's a bit wallpapery really yeah yeah i think yeah i mean I, maybe we're doing it a bit of a disservice i don't know but i just it never this album never connected to me i was always a bigger fan of the main ingredient yeah that's what it's he just, really just just it's just i think yeah. you're tearing it it's, just, bo- it's just boring to me yeah I mean, but, but don't get me wrong let, more respect it's there, there are some because like you say larry uh, steve for pete's sake is fantastic i love that i always love for pete's sake um lots of love in they were trying to do the commercial thing uh, it's a bit cheesy but it's nice and smooth yeah, I and soulful like and I, I kind of yeah. Smooth. Yeah, I can see what they're trying to do with it, but th- like you say, Larry Troy is in the Mount Rushmore of hip hop songs. Yeah, samples uh, today by Tom Scott, such a great sample flip. Um, one of the all. T- yeah, if you had to do a top ten songs for aliens visiting planet Earth. Yeah, and to save their home planet, they had to take back the best ten hip hop songs from planet Earth. 
uh, makes sense. You would you would put that somewhere towards the top of that list. Yeah, yep. definitely. I mean, it, it, and yeah, and you send them on their way. You could you can convert people to hip hop with that track. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And for some reason, his CL Smooth flow in that track is more acceptable. Yes, maybe because it's agree. so memorable and iconic, yeah. and what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, it resonates more. You kind of care more about it because of the subject matter of the song. Yeah, I just think you know that it's a shame that such a legendary track is on this album. But there you go. With I mean, with if you take Troy out of it, True Score would have returned a an average score of one point eight seven for the whole oh, album. Extraordinary. So it, it, stuff. it really it's really pulling it up. Can I just ask you a quick question about? True score. And I want you to be absolutely honest with me, Larry. If I if I can be honest, but given yeah, I mean I've signed and there are NDAs to take into account. But go go ahead. Do you have a financial interest in the True Score software? I've invested money in the <laughs> platform. Um, it, it, I don't, don't see what that's got to do with. Well, that really came across in every sentence you kind of mentioned. It. I just wonder if it's. Uh, you know, you, you, you're trying to advertise it in, in, in certain ways, but that's fine. You, we've all got to have a system, you know, we've all got to have a system. Yeah, and, it, and it's a good system. It, it's, you know, that there are rival rival systems out there like Real Rank, yeah, um, and Acura 8. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I shopped around, yeah, and this, this suited my needs the best. And you know, and you pump thousands of pounds into it. Well, not thousands, but you know what? Do you remember Remington? Yeah, Victor Kayam, he bought the company, didn't he? It's, it might might be going that way. <laughs> okay, talking to some private equity backers yeah. about it. But anyway, well, right, we'll keep it. We'll keep us posted yeah. on that. Um, you can expect to hear lots more from True Score as these episodes go on. So that was um, a two-one win for the far side. We'll talk about the far side later in the semis. But uh, it's goodbye, Pete Rock, and see how smooth I'm afraid. Which brings us neatly onto the final match in round one, um, which uh, sees two legends of the game go up against each other. We have Eric B and Rakim's Don't Sweat the Technique playing Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Uh, and this one, rather unsurprisingly, was a 3-0 uh, thrashing for Eric B and Rakim. Dr. Dre taking this 3-0. Absolute hiding. Absolute hiding. I mean, this is a, a like an early exit for Eric B and Rakim. Goes with its tail between its legs, but does it deserve it, Steve? No, not really, because I think if it had come up against some of the other albums, it would have easily have gone through. This is this is a really good album, you know. Rakim is is probably the best rapper ever. It's certainly probably the best rapper at this time going into this. He's 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 the most quotable. His flow is just incredible. He can just change his cadence, his rhymes are amazing. You know, and why and why doesn't he get more kind of recognition for, for the kind of rap that he produces it's quite I think he does just rap as well sometimes isn't it I mean he does kind of do the kind of gangster stuff as well but it's uh yeah it's harsh I think he's recognized as a legend though right? oh yeah absolutely he? I think he's, he's just somebody that I never kind of he's just one of those people that I never I feel a bit embarrassed about kind of not being more into him and knowing more about him yeah that's um, absolutely it same here yeah but yeah, I don't know what it is. He is—he is really, really great. I just can't quite put my finger on why I never 
really got got into him. I think this album in particular, it's kind of I don't know, it's a bit of a just plenty, lots of mid tier tracks on there. They're not kind of bad enough to be skippers, but they're also not good enough to get really excited about. Other yeah. than a few kind of tracks, I think like "What's on Your Mind" is is a great track. I, I oh, love the beat on that. The, banger. The, the the raps are brilliant. There's nothing not to like about it, really. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't hold out throughout the album in quite the same. Yeah. To quite the same standard, really. There's yeah, some what, classic what, tracks on it, though, isn't there? There's "Know the Ledge" is "Know the Ledge" is just brilliant. Yeah, I mean that's yes. another, that's another one that yeah. will be in a lot of people's. Mount Rapmore. Yeah, but that's, I've, a, I've, that's, I've that's a five it. out of five here. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic single from the Juice soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, amazing track, just just instantly iconic. Um, and that being on there, coupled with What's On Your Mind, which is the reason I bought this album in the first place, because um, I love that. I love that sample, uh, which is uh, by Midnight Star, Curious. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love those two tracks. Um, and when I bought yeah, it... Don't, don't sweat the technique as, yeah. you know, those classic jazzy horns on there. Yes. Yeah. That's a brilliant one. What about Pass the Hand Grenade? Hand grenade. That's, that's a kind of real grower. Yeah, it's a real tough kind of track, that one, isn't it? Really hard, a real driver. I This album is much better than I remember. Because I in my head, this, this album I was never a fan of, like a massive fan of it. But as I've revisited it more, I realised it's actually a much better album than I thought it was. I mean, the, I think the beats are really consistent and strong yeah. all the way through. They're tough, they're hard, they're funky. Like, it's proper yeah. hip-hop stuff. It's what you want, beats and a rhyme. Um, I think yeah. it's it to me it sounds like a sort of a more refined continuation of let the rhythm hit him. Let the rhythm hit him had a kind of an amateurish kind of early hip hop sound, but this is a real kind of focused mid '90s version of let the rhythm hit him. The best parts of let the rhythm hit him are on here all the way through. Um, I, I, I always found the cover quite funny. I have to say it doesn't look like the sort of it, the cover doesn't reflect the sort of album it is. It looks like a like a kid and play album or an R and B album. Like <laughs> <Yeah. or something. laughs> the primary colours, like the crayon scribbles. I always found that quite funny. Um, so yeah, and, and it's all the way through. It's pretty good. I'm a, I mean, relax with Pep is on there, which tells the story of Rakim's time at Manchester City. Um, <laughs> keep, keep the beat is on there, uh, which is a replay Bobby Humphrey sample, which I absolutely adored back in the day. I think I knew yeah. it before I got the Bobby Humphrey album. There's so much to like on this album, isn't there? It's just. It's a gr- it's not a good long play, which is what I looked. For. It's just got such a nice vibe to it. Yeah, but I mean, really, it didn't stand a chance uh, against the might of Dr. Dre. But it's still a terrific album. And Rakim, I think, produced quite quite a lot of these tracks, didn't he? As well, He's, he he doesn't get enough credit for that either. Yeah, well, that's another one of these little strange things, isn't it? Because the production is credited as Eric B and Rakim, and it's another thing. Like, what did Eric B actually do? I mean, do we know the extent of Eric B's? Did, did it was he? I, I mean, I. And- I always made the assumption that he was the producer, but is that not the case then? I've heard rumours that it was Rakim and Eric right. Rakim really always always credits himself with the with the beats. He, right. If you read around and stuff. Okay. But I think Eric does, does produce as well. I think to get the- yeah, but to get top billing in the in the naming. Yeah. Of, the, of the group like he must I reckon he must have like owned the sampler or something yeah or he, he yeah he put in the most money or something yeah or maybe it's just alphabetical yeah who knows maybe they drew straws um maybe they played craps yeah maybe they, like, yeah to recorded decide it, it recorded it at his house and his mum insisted <laughs> that like his name come first so yeah uh you know decent album solid but like a minnow compared to Dr. Dre so hardly surprising that that one's got dumped out of the tournament early and group that of group of death uh, well that completes uh, the first round of the Hip Hop World Cup 1992 um, 
So we've got uh, going through to the next round. We've got Das Effects, Dead Serious, uh, Ice Cube's Predator, uh, The Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, and Dr. Dre's The Chronic. It looks like we've got a tantalizing semi final ahead of us, chaps. Um, let's see how that one plays out. Okay, so you join us pitch side at the Ulevi Stadium in Gothenburg, uh, which was the venue of the Euro 1992 final between Denmark and Germany, but now it's being used for the final of the Hip Hop World Cup 1992. Uh, we're going to hand over to Steve now in, the, in our virtual studio using the latest green screen technology. Uh, he's got um, Adrian Childs there with him, um, who looks like he slept in the studio again last night, which is quite worrying. Uh, and who else have you got there with you, Steve? You've got another guest there to do the draw. Yeah, I, I thought I'd get someone else to come in who, who's kind of quite significant in the world of hip hop. So I thought, you know, who who better than the kind of godfather of hip hop? So um, I phoned James Brown's agent, found out he was dead, so <laughs> he, he, couldn't, he couldn't make it, which is a shame. But then I went to my kind of uh, next best one, which was uh, Isaac Hayes, who um, who I absolutely love. Uh, apparently he's dead as well, so he couldn't make it. Was that an absolute deal breaker that they were dead? Um, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, okay. you can't you can't have them in a studio if they <laughs> died because of the, the hot lights. I suppose it would make it quite uh, uncomfortable. I think it's to do with the green the green screen. I think it's like the, the kind of graphics don't show up properly or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so I um, went for Africa Bambata, and uh, he was he was well up for it. He was he was really keen. Absolute um, legend, Africa Bambata doing the draw with you. Oh, we should just point out he, he cannot actually, uh, he's no. not allowed to speak. It's con a contractual um We haven't got the rights, have we? We haven't got the rights to broadcast his voice, but um, he can certainly help you out with the draw. So without further ado, let's uh, let's see who comes out the hat first. Okay, first out the hat is Ice Cube, the Predator. Okay, up against? Okay, it's going to be uh, Das FX, Dead Serious. Interesting, and that's there's a there's a thematic link there, obviously, because uh, Daz FX features on, on the Predator. Um, so that's an interesting one. Um, and uh, what's the other what's the other semi then? Let's have the next next uh, album out of the hat. Yeah, he just wants to draw them because we're we're paying him per ball. So it's uh, it's the far side, uh, bizarre rides to the far side, and um, against Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Interesting, a West Coast uh, derby there um, for the second one. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into that first match: um, Ice Cube versus Daz FX. Um, Steve, I know you're not a massive fan of Ice Cube's work. Uh, so, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I, I definitely know how we're going to go for here. But you know, let's, let's let's have a look at both albums. I think we haven't really chatted much about them. I do like the Predator album. Um, you know, this was his third solo album. Um, lots of different producers on it, which I think you two will talk more about. That's kind of your thing. Um, and he's kind of really, as I keep saying, he's kind of typically ang angry on here. But I really, I really like Dirty Mac. That's such a really fun, interesting <laughs> song. Um, 
And, let's just uh, let's just let's just drill down this dirty map for a minute because I've got that in my notes as well. I yeah. absolutely love it's the, it's dirty the track map. of the album. It, for, yeah, I, but I think it's the unsung hero of the album because there's so many other tracks that kind of got a lot more. I, I can't wait till it gets to that track. It's just the, it is fun. Yeah, but it's, like it, it's so so good. The beat. I mean, that's this. It was produced by uh, Mr. Woody, who we mentioned earlier on. Um, and I just think we, you see Cube at his most kind of observational, angry, best, like just moaning about everything and anything he has a problem with, including the Guardian Angels, which I always find quite funny. <laughs> aren't, aren't they there to do good? I mean, it's like he's, even he's moaning about that. Uh, but yeah, Dirty Max, an absolute bang. I love that track so much. The um, I think the best track on them though is Today Was A Good Day. That's, that is like the, you were talking about Mount Rushmore tracks. Yeah. Surely, surely, surely that one has to be the, the 10 out of 10 or the 5 out of 5 on True Score. Yeah, I never get bored of listening to that. I think the, the sample's just too good. It's just, just incredible. It's the kind of kind, kind of track that non-hip-hop fans can get into. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those where everyone knows the words, which yeah. is, a mark, again, a mark of a great song. And just a legendary tune, great sample. Yeah, Footsteps in the Dark. Just, yeah, a, a brilliant moment on a, on a really, really good album, I, I think. It's, yeah, it's perfect in every way, and the, and the rapping is classic Ice Cube as well, isn't it? The kind of the content is uh, classic gangster West yeah. Coast, really clever as well, really, actually, really actually, laid back actually, though as well, which is um, kind of unusual for, for Ice Cube, really. Yeah, yeah, just just a really probably, probably his most laid back laid back track up until this point. I, I would have thought actually. Oh, up to this point, definitely, like a really clever concept as well. Yeah, you know, which he sort of flips on his head right in the last right at the last minute. Um, but yeah, love love that tune. And I really like um, we had to tear this MF up. I, I just think the the beats on that track just match Cube perfectly with his kind of lyrics. Really love that track as well. Yeah, I think I think DJ Muggs does some great work on this album. Like he produces three three tracks. Now I got a wetcher. We had to tear this MF up and check yourself. Just it's the, the classic Mug sound again. That sort of lo-fi, sort of scratchy sample style. Very much like his stuff on House of Pains, second album. Um, just a really nice funky style. Uh, I think he's. I think he's. His inclusion in this album made a lot of sense. I think it fit in quite nicely with, with Ice Cube's style, certainly. See, I, I think for me, that's. I I, I disagree. That's mm. that to me is one of the reasons that this album isn't so good as Ice Cube's previous work. I think. Um, yeah, they're a bit. I don't know. Like the check yourself. It's just a bit jaunty. Like the, like the. Do you know what I mean? It's just a yeah. little bit. Just it doesn't quite fit for me. And I, I, I really, I, I wish they just would have had the original. Check yourself, or, or was it the remix? The one with the uh, the message. Uh, that's, that was that. Yeah, that, that was the remix. Yeah, I, I, I love think, that. I think though, this interesting. This album is is that it, it it is kind of like got so many different stars. Like Wicked is this kind of does that kind of like uh, I don't know what you describe. It's a bit it. of a sort of bit of a kind of bit of a kind of crap Public Enemy style track. I always think. Yeah, it kind of jumps around on the tracks, and there's, there's, I think it's classic Ice Cube in what he's in, in his rapping, but there aren't enough good tracks to make this really great album. Yeah, there are some brilliant tracks. I mean, like when will they shoot? I think is a is a five out of five classic. Yeah. Great B classic Cube verses, just as good as anything on his kind of first two albums, I think, and um, just shows really early promise for the album, but then kind of just starts to wane after that really you've got sort of tracks like i'm scared which is kind of quite good as far as these type of skits go but it kind of reminds me of the sort of inserts that public enemy would have on their albums yeah sort of a bit of a bomb squaddy thing just a bit a bit pointless 
And there's another one on there as well later on. Um, like, fuck them. <laughs> another public enemy alike. Another sort of... Um, yeah. Yeah. Never really listen to it probably because you're too keen to get onto Dirty Mac at that point. You just sort of skip forward. But... Yeah. But I have to say, these skits, I don't skip them. They're, they're short enough for me to listen to them. And I quite yeah. like them. There's one where there's like an interview with Ice Cube in it. And I always find that quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, it, it would have benefited from them not being on there, maybe. Yeah. But it's, it's just a bit of an unfocused album, I think. Like the, the first two albums were so good because they had a single production team doing all of the tracks and it just sounded really coherent. Um, mm. And you know, like you've kind of, like you say, Steve, like having a, an album that you can listen to all the way through is, you know, just elevates an album beyond, yeah, you know, and it it just doesn't really have it. And I, and I, I think actually at this point in his career, Ice Cube was still like a really big name. There was kind of no excuse for him to to be making anything other than solid gold. Yeah. like classic albums really well, this they don't really, re- don't really get it this really pissed me off hearing you talk about this album because uh, like for me like this i consider this one to be part of his holy trinity of albums you know america's right. most death certificate and predator that was the classic ice cube era so right. to me this is this is still a great example of of ice cube it's like it, i i think it's a, a sonic and thematic continuation of death certificate you know he's he's still angry he's still railing against the world uh, he's angry he's incendiary um, and it's the last album before we started going all soft and doing his party I think, jams. I think, his, I think his, yeah, I mean, his his rapping is still really good. Like for yeah. me, it's just, you know, it, you know, it's just personal choice, ultimately. But I th- yeah, but no, just, absolutely. It's the same for all of these I, I just, I'm, I'm not the biggest like Muggs fan and the rest of it just is, um, I don't know, just, uh, just, just a bit, just, just too many, av- too many average beats when on his previous two albums, there were no average beats at all. Uh, See, I've got to completely disagree with that. I just think the beats on this album are just great from start to finish. Like they're urgent, they're funky, they're hard, exciting. Whereas it moves into Lethal Injection, there's too many kind of laid back, soft tracks, sort of G funk emulating uh, uh, songs on there. I just got lost a bit of interest around that. But here we're still in that kind of angry, upbeat, urgent Ice Cube and the production st- uh, style to match. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, for me, in my head, this was always the part of the holy trinity of ice cube albums but i guess you guys didn't always see it that way which is not for me you just there's just too many things that it just i don't know the production for me personally just a lot of it just doesn't really gel with ice cube in the way that kind of the bomb squad and you know so jinx production do yeah um yeah what, what are your thoughts much. no what, what, what do you think about gangster's fairy tale part two i mean for me i loved i love that one um I just uh, just think it's not a patch on the original. No, it's really. not a patch on the original. But the the beat to me is so simple. Like they just put, you know, the taste of honey uh, sample over the impeach the president drums. It's so simple, but yeah, they make that simplicity sound really good. And I just I don't know that always, it always grabbed me. That beat is just instantly catchy. Yeah, I I, 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 kinda, I, just, I I just have to disagree with that really. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. So. Yeah, I think we've talked enough about Ice Cube. So let's move on to Daz Effects. Steve. I mean. I haven't really heard much about what you think about this album, uh, so let's yeah. let's dig into it. I, I feel like I'm like uh, embarrassed to say I like this album because uh, it's like like having like a guilty pleasure. But like going back and listening to this album, I I really like it. I think it's like maybe I'm I'm thinking of it in the kind of context of, of, of when it was produced. But I I think I think it has aged really well. I I enjoy listening to it now as much as much as I ever ever have, and I think. 
Das effects get a bit of a maybe a raw a raw deal because the way they kind of sound it is quite distinctive. You know, they their style's been described as sewage, but <laughs> they're. And I don't think any of their kind of subsequent albums were any good, although I do own a, own a few of them. But you know, when, you, when you actually listen, it's actually there's actually some really impressive rapping. You know, it, it's quite you know creative how how they how they rap. And I actually found something the other day that kind of measured uh, how much uh, language a rapper has. And um, and I thought I'd just have a little look at it because I thought Das Effects would be like way down because they just kind of like go you know diggity all the time actually they're really high up so they actually have a really good vocabulary i was like wow really hmm, that's interesting that's that's the that's the misconception about does effects it was that they all they did was go giggity and they did they in every sentence they did it but they actually the actual content of their lyrics was really quite clever like the pop culture references they shoved into every single verse you know and the way they sort of uh they talk about different topics and stuff i do think it's a bit of a misconception that they were only sort of iggity rappers um, yeah, they were more than that. I, I think I like the production. I mean, you, t- you two may disagree, but that, and again, I'll go back to like the great and the good tracks. I think I love Mike Checker, love Just uh, just Some Men, love They Want FX, and I love Clap Your Hands. Clap Your Hands is just, I just love turning that up whenever it's on. And then, you know, there's only, there probably aren't any tracks that I, I would skip, but I like Lucy's, I like Dum Dums, East Coast. Uh, Eric Sermon's really funky on, on Brooklyn to T-neck and, and straight out of the sewer. There's, there's, there's so much to enjoy on this album. I, I'm going to keep going back and listen to this one for, for, for longer than I will uh, The Predator, that's that's for certain. Right. I mean, it's quite a tight 10 tracks, isn't it? It's quite, you know, it, it doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah. And there's enough energy and, and sort of good lyricism all the way through. It's got it's just a nice, enjoyable, tight listen. Yeah. Um, and they are, I mean, as I said earlier on, they are massively influential. It, found like, it felt like every other rapper was doing that iggity thing for ages after they I mean, first it, came it out. was really really original you, know, yeah. you don't get you don't get many rappers none of the rappers that i can think of really that came along and just had a completely new style that was you would really um stick out like a sore thumb if you tried to copy it yeah, yeah. absolutely and they they really Obviously, nailed they nailed it yeah. they had a they had a, a you know a real a novelty and they really they played on that and which made them blow up and you know, and then they were copied afterwards by quite a few other rappers who were doing it as well. Yeah. Um, Are there any tracks tracks highly from uh, on your? Yeah. Um, only Mike Checker, which I think Thanks. is a classic, like brilliant production. Really kind of sets it sets out kind of you know what to expect from the album in terms of their style. Um, and you know, if that quality was maintained across the whole album, I think it would be a proper classic. Like yeah, you know, totally I think, cool. despite the fact that they are kind of you know, it is slightly kind of gimmick- gimmicky this way this way they rap, but with better music, I wouldn't have minded it so much. I think um, I know the, the music's just all a bit kind of much of a muchness, really. Just you know, apart from Mike Checker, um, and they, they want effects is good. And my, my kind of personal favourite is If Only. Mm. Um, I love the sample on that. Like you've got that really nice piano and the kind of sax or strings, I think it is, on the hook. Um, but some of the other tracks, like Dum Dums, is just kind of really... I hate the hook. It's really sort of leaden production. It feels like it goes on forever. Others kind of... not Like Just Some Ends a bit annoying. Got a bit of an annoying hook, a bit of a weak main loop. Um, yeah, just I know Brook 
into T-neck, like how many times are you going to use like the UFO sample on one album? It's getting a bit much by this yeah. point. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's all, it's all right. I, I think if you um, look at other, I think kind of these kind of samples have been used better elsewhere, probably, you know, by the same producers as well, really. Yeah. Yeah, seven probably. But I, 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 I definitely agree with what you're saying, Larry. It just for me though, it just feels like a guilty pleasure. That just some, there's something about it. When there's, I mean, I've, there's, I've got, there's... I've got good memories of the album. I always kind of assumed that I liked it a bit more than I kind of do, having kind of yeah. reevaluated it. Yeah. Um, but I just think there wouldn't be that much to recommend it apart from like Mike Checker and a couple of other tracks, really. Yeah, I have to say, like Mike Checker and They Want Effects are two the two reasons I bought this album I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I love those two um, back in the day and it, I, I, that's why I wanted this album so badly nothing on there is up to the same level as that but you know I didn't I don't ever remember being disappointed uh, largely by the rest of the album um, yeah those two tracks are just in my Mount, Mount Rushmore of, of hip hop um, uh, and yeah I, I guess I guess some of the other some of the tracks you know that they're, they're a bit sort of derivative and a bit kind of you know, you've heard those samples before, but I just, yeah, I just always enjoyed enjoyed this album a lot, and uh, I think that's what ultimately earned its uh, made it earn its way into the semis for me. But yeah, all right then. So should we vote on this one? Uh, so what? Yeah, what are you going for, Steve? Um, oh, well, obviously, I really enjoy listening to Dead Serious, but Predator is also a really decent album. I, I'm. I think just on the balance of what I find the most enjoyable and, and what I would probably go back and listen to tonight if I had the choice, I'm going to be really controversial, controversial and go for Dead Serious. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Larry, what are you going for? I think I know. Uh, yeah, Predator for me. Clive. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I, as much as I love Dead Serious, I think I, I can't see past uh, the Predator on this one. I think it's a definite vote for, for that one for me. So there we have it. Um, Ice Cube's The Predator goes through to the final of the Hip Hop World Cup 1992. Let's move on to our second semi-final, um, which is... That's a good semi-final, isn't it? Yeah, a great semi-final, uh, which is The Far Side's Bizarre Ride to the Far Side up against Dr. Dre's The Chronic. It's a bit of a West Coast derby, as I said. Um, two beloved albums, um, loads of fans for both of these. Um, and Very uh, different sounding as well, despite being from the same coast. Yeah, a real sort of um, a good uh, demonstration of the, the, the variety of sounds and styles from the same coast. Um, let's start with you on this one, Larry. What's your What are your thoughts on this matchup and, and these albums? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a really interesting matchup, actually. Um, they're both really original. Um, they've both kind of got their own, yeah, quite sort of unique sounds that have never really been fully matched, I don't think. Um, for Bizarre Ride, um, yeah, just going through a few of their tracks, I'll, yeah. I'll start with that one. I think, um, for better or for worse, you've got kind of, um, it's, it's a nice setup. It kind of tells you this is a bit different from everything else yeah. out there at the moment. You've got like the live bands. 
I think for me, I, I would have really liked to have seen them kind of lean into that live sound a bit more on this album. Like they kind of only really use it on the skits. Um, but I think it would have just set it, set them apart a bit more really if they'd kind of just used it, you know, not quite as sparingly. Yeah, this is a bit like a, a bit more like a roots type thing. Maybe yeah, with, exactly. Uh, sort of sound, yeah. But that being said, I also, I do love a lot of the tracks that don't, that just kind of, you know, use, use a sort of classic uh, sample production style. I think, like, you know, you start off with like the, the first proper track, Oh Shit, is really exciting, kind of up-tempo beat um, with that kind of off, the snares on the offbeat at the end of at the second bar, it kind of I always really like, um, and yeah, for better or for worse, it's probably like it's great. It's probably my favourite track on there musically. Got can a we really just lovely kind of yeah? Can we just drill into that track for a minute? Like, what is it like? Break it down. Like, what is it about that track? It's like? got it's got a really nice, lovely kind of like felt like electric piano chord progression yeah, on same. it. Um. It's yeah. There's some, it, it's just a really rich, deep sounding, like really rich, deep sound to it. Yeah, I think it was. All, yeah, it's uh, yeah, really that, interesting. That Fender Road is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, dreamy. Is it, is it a sample, Danny? Is it a sample, or is that is that played? I don't believe that that the chords are samples. I think they're played. They sound played. Yeah, they um, sound really dreamy, played, isn't it? Yeah, it does sound played. It's yeah. amazing. That yeah, I mean, the, really, really reverby, delayish yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's lovely. And there's so much going on in that track in the background, and like it's it's really dark and sinister. It's amazing. It's an amazing yeah. beat, and those chords are just fantastic. But like, I still really don't know what it's about. I mean, it's and, and that bit at the end. No, I have to say where he's doing the phone I, call. Yeah, I really, I really, I really don't like that. It kind no, of, I don't it like makes, it. It makes no sense, and it's just, it's just pr- like properly horrible. Like it, even for hip hop. Yeah. Which has some really kind of horrible misogynistic stuff. This just seems a bit too sinister and i just like what what why are they doing it yeah really, really kind of drag really drags it down i think it does and I, I remember always having to turn that bit down when i was listening to it in my room back in <laughs> when i you know at my yeah. house. it was always like yeah oh god no i know this bit's coming up um yeah i never liked that but as a track the rest of yeah, it exactly. is absolutely phenomenal and then you've got um yeah. like on the down low as well which is just i love that so much i love that sample um, yeah I love the stories on there. That sample, Traveling Man by Stanley Cowell, it's like this little marimba loop. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I used to, this is the sort of track I used to listen to at night. It was just one of those, had this real vibe <laughs> yeah. to it. That I used to listen yeah, to it's so definitely a nighttime track. Yeah, definitely. And then also the best track about masturbation ever. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, I think it might be. Um, I know, Steve, you've got a little collection of those. I don't know whether what you what you think about that. But, um... uh, it's, it's definitely my top top five masturbation tracks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for pointing that out to all the listeners yeah yeah I, I just you know just soul flower it's just another musical highlight i think it's got a classic chorus with the kind of um brassy kind of synth or whatever it is in there um not sure it kind of needs to be four and a half minutes long but um that's kind of one of the only sort of minus things in the, in the kind of minus column for this album generally i think your mama is an absolute classic you can't really go wrong with that with that beat Still makes me laugh um, that track. Still makes me yeah, laugh. Yeah, like honestly, listen to it today. It's still, it's still, yeah, still really funny, infantile, but yeah. funny with it. Uh, really, kind of um, the imagery in it is just just really sticks with you. Yeah, that was um, that was that was my int- introduction to them. That, that yeah, I think that I think I think it was for me and for yeah. for, for most people. Passing me by is another kind of bona fide classic. Oh. 
amazing. It's just musically brilliant yeah. with that kind of Quincy Jones sample. Then the Top sax tier. on the chorus. Um, yeah, and, and and then actually, what one thing I've always kind of found quite interesting about this album is you've got Passing Me By, which is followed by Other Fish. Yeah. And I don't know if they kind of meant to do it or not, but they thematically you've got Passing Me By, which is all about kind of um, you know unrequited love and sort of you know the the objects of your affections not noticing you and then other fish just kind of completely flips that on its head and um yeah this one it just kind of um they they've realized that it doesn't matter that they've got this unrequited love and uh, you know sometimes it doesn't work out for a reason or another and you just move on quite yeah. breezily um, and yeah, yeah I, I love the I love the beat on other fish as well. I, I think we should give them credit for that because I think they're like really interesting as a group, aren't because they? they all started out as like dancers before they became like rappers. And right, okay. they are obviously really creative. I know I think Jay Smith produces the most of the tracks, but even like in their videos, when you like look at their videos, their videos are just always creative, always a little bit different. Yeah, like this is I think this is like a real groundbreaking album. It really yeah, kind of it is definitely. So what you're so what you're painting the picture of here is a very very strong album that's very creative very groundbreaking and you know pure energy loads of fun yeah soulful jazzy samples and actually sounds like a, a formidable opponent for dr dre yeah you know not I, quite I, it's I, not I, quite the landslide that perhaps it, it might have looked no but i i think this one for me personally it just needed a bit of quality control um, yeah. uh, uh, just a bit, you know. It's a shame they don't. They didn't have the ability to kind of self-edit a bit more. Um, with, you know, you've got things like that kind of, kind of unpleasant passage on um, for better or for worse that kind of drags it down. Mm. But also just some of the think like little skits like Quinton's on its way is just really annoying, and they stretch it out for far too long. Um, yeah, I have to agree on that just quickly. It's Jigaboo time. Just all, just yeah. the, the skits in general, just kind of, you know, I, I said at the beginning, like, the, you know, the, the, the first one, for better or for worse, is good. It's got kind of got the live band, but I think they ju it just outstays its welcome a bit, a, a bit, to be honest. If I were president as well, just... Yeah, for me, the skits, whatever, they, they, really. inter they interrupt the flow of an otherwise really, really good album. They do. It, they it, really... It, yeah. If I look at the, if I look at the scores for the actual proper tracks, they're all really, really highly ranked, and it is just the skits that kind of bring it down, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the weakest part of it is they they, they interject with these skits, and it does the the energy drops off a little towards the end. There's a few tracks like Pat the Pipe and things like that that yeah. I always really I always really like. Pat yeah, personally, I like yeah. them. I just I, when they got so much else good stuff on the other good stuff on there. I don't know. You, you, just by comparison, they suffer a little bit. But just, but generally, but like, like the, yeah, something that's worth mentioning actually on Pack the Pipe that like, a lot of people would, this would go unnoticed. But on this, the second verse on that is is actually really inventive. You've got two people rapping the same verse like simultaneously. Okay. And I don't know why more people haven't done it over the years because it's just it's really really effective. Especially like listening to it in headphones, and they're kind of, there's like one in each channel. It's just a really interesting, yeah, thing to to hear. A really another example of like their innovative approach, the creativity yeah. they put into it, doing things that you hadn't heard before, and I think that's why this album is so beloved. Is that it's a, just a big ball of creative energy. It's loads of fun, um, and their lyrics and their rapping is really, you know, on point. 
comical, entertaining, loads of character. And, yeah. But you know, obviously with the innovation and creativity that you just mentioned there. So yeah, I th- I, it's, it's no surprise to me that this has ended up in our top eight and yeah. in the semi-final. It's, um, Where are these semi-finalists? The trouble is, Danny, it's up against the Brazil of the yeah, tour. Yeah, absolutely. The, the behemoth that is Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Uh, I don't think we can put this off anymore, really. So let's get to it. Let's get to it, Steve. Um, Dr. Dre, the chronic. What, what, what is there to be said that hasn't been said already? Well, I don't know, really. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. This is the benchmark album, isn't it? This is this is what you kind of measure everything else against. You, you know, it's it's his first solo album, so it was always kind of it was always kind of like highly anticipated and. Snoop is just an amazing guest in this album. A bit like, um, you know, when you have kind of like Ghostface Killer appearing on other Wu-Tang albums, he kind of like steals the show and Snoop is just an amazing rapper on here. Um, it's just got a massive, ma- massive legacy. I don't think it's like necessarily groundbreaking in any way. It just nails it right, you know, in every aspect of production and rapping and, um, uh, everything really and I think um, the DOC also has a kind of strong influence here again and he's he's just so good isn't he kind of behind the scenes at um, writing good lyrics for Dr Dre and for the other rappers on Death Row um, you know I, I think this is a near perfect album or maybe as near to perfect as you can kind of get mm, yeah would you go along with that Larry well not quite um I think if you'd asked me before I kind of went through the process of properly kind of trying to assess this, I I would have said exactly the same thing, but there are a few tracks on there that kind of, that drag the overall score down a little bit. I'll kind of, I'll I'll save those for now. Um, I think just going back to um, like just starting really, like the intro is, is kind of really memorable as far as skits go. It's got that really kind of great like synth line that just outlines what kind of production to expect from the album. It kind of really gets you, always got me really hyped up to listen to the rest of the album. Mm. And as you get into like Fuck With Dre Day, I think just the production on that, it, he was just so far ahead of like the competition at that time. I think if you compare it to something like, you know, let's say Dead Serious, <laughs> yeah. which is ju- which is just very basic one or two bar loops. Yeah. Like the production on the Chronic um, is j- just has like comparatively like really sophisticated arrangements, um, and and like Fuck with Dre really kind of sets the tone in that respect. It's got multiple musical elements, got a proper kind of verse chorus structure with new elements that come in on the second verse. Um, and like, even if the beats on this aren't kind of as exciting as they are on things like Gorillas in the Mist or Live and That Die, they're just on another level kind of technically, I think. Like Dr. Dre is an absolute master of of the sonic art, really. Mm, um, yeah, definitely agree with that one. And it's, it's, like... just, it's just like an early example of it. I, I mean, actually, if, if you kind of, you know, gun to my head, I, I think the second NWA album probably sounds better than this one does. Like there's always something about this one. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like either the mix or the master is just not quite as good as the second NWA album. I don't. I don't know if you sort of agree with that. Damn. Yeah. It's just. Just not quite. Is it, this one sounds a bit kind of more dull. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would go along with that. Um, and I just don't think it's as an exciting an album either. Just generally in terms of the content. Um, no, it's not. Also, it's. It's just. Yeah. It's a lot less in your face. But 
I think it's a very... But, but there are so many classics on this. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a, sorry. Like, Let uh, Me Ride's got those, those incredible strings, you know. So, yeah, I just think it's, a, it's it's an iconic album. I think at the end of the day, bottom line, it's an iconic album. It's, it's influential, yeah. but musically, it's very polished. And just, yeah, just a very musical album, you know. You can yeah. see he's pushing, pushing the boundaries more than, as you say, some of the other albums we've got in this World Cup. Um, he, he takes a lot of... Um, Funkadelic Parliament uh, bass lines and, and samples and replays them, which is yeah. something that a lot of people weren't doing. They were just straight sampling. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely packed with great singles, great tracks. Oh, like amazing. right there, like Let Me Ride is another one Legend. of those all-time greatest hip hop tracks. Using the you know the yeah, classic Bill Withers drum certified. break, yeah, live bass line, iconic lyrics that everybody knows. And then you go into a bit later on. You go into nothing but a G Fang, which is again an all-timer. And I don't trust anyone who doesn't know all the lyrics to that. Yeah. Now, if you don't Absolutely. know all the lyrics to that, you're not you're not a real hip hop fan. Um, and then you go into D's Nuts, which is brilliant and a really really good kind of introduction to to Daz. Daz on that track just blows me away every time I hear it. Diggity Daz out of the cut. And That's probably that. my favourite track on the album. I think. Yeah. Musically. Me too. Yeah. One and of, I love. One of, yeah. Yeah, I love Dre's verse. It's a great that. intro as well. Yeah, so, I love it. And the intro is funny as well. So I love how it keeps playing at the end. It just goes on and on, like well after <laughs> yeah. the rapping stopped. I love that. It just keeps going. I love it. Um, and just just absolute bangers all the way through it. But I, I know we alluded to this a minute ago, but there are some weak links in the chain. I mean, there is some stuff on here that I never loved, and I have yeah. to say. It's like Ratatat Tat. Yeah, Lyrical well, Gangbang, High Powered. Yeah, High Powered is the only one that kind of like ruins the. There's been a perfect dam for me. It just kind of peters off, doesn't it? That kind of point. Yeah, yeah. There's a few on there. Yeah, like you said, those those tracks. But they're still amazing. They're still great within the context of the album. They're still great tracks. They just they weren't quite up to the same level. Um, and then of course yeah. you've got things like the twenty dollar sack pyramid, which are, as skits go, they're really well produced and good. And the doctor's office. And every time I hear the doctor's office, all I can think of was yeah, they actually had to do that. Um, so. Yeah, there's, there's, it's not like perfect. It's not flawless. There's yeah. a lot of questionable <laughs> stuff that you could have probably left off. But I mean, that the doctor's office is so infantile, isn't it? Yeah. It's t- typical of the kind of thing like Dre does. Yeah. Um, yeah. One one track that I, that I didn't kind of mention actually, which I think does deserve a mention, is the day the uh, people took over. <laughs> it's just, it just sounds so cinematic. Like it's got that kind of sustained yeah. string note. Which yeah. is really suspenseful, and like the baseline is kind of the baseline is like really full of dread, and it yeah. really kind of really paints a picture to go with the lyrical content. So again, he's just so ahead of the curve production-wise. You yeah. really know, he really knows how to set a tone. Yeah, it's really ominous, ominous, yeah. ominous, uh, exactly. menacing, yeah. and really drops you into that feeling. Yeah, you know, of that. Situation. And 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 all those little kind of um, samples of the sort of. Um, like the newscasters and stuff like that it really yeah it's really affecting we should yeah. just say a bit more about how good snoop is on this album as well because like his his flow his cadence the way he sounds his voice it, it's like you know an, an amazing debut isn't it i mean who who made a debut like this on uh, someone else's album oh i mean it's practically a snoop album it's it's great um he made such an impact and, for, and, and hearing yeah. him on this, it just was, it just heightened my anticipation for his solo album yeah. so much. I mean, this just absolutely made me absolutely gagging for his 
that, that verse of his like on little little, uh, little ghetto boy yeah like snoop's ass on that is incredible i always kind of thought of that track as a bit of a weak one back in the day just because it kind of slows things down a bit yeah, after yeah. these nuts yeah. but actually it's great it's got lo- lovely samples in it uh great chorus love the flutes in it like who you know who else was doing that kind of stuff yeah it's just such then. a great track the, the, it music it's, just, it's, said, it's, it's proper musical. music it's proper music isn't it absolutely yeah such a great track and uh, yeah i mean I, I when i revisited this album that was a real standout because i think it speaks to me more now in my musical tastes yeah uh, obviously i'm a huge fan of donny hathaway and, and, and that and then it just i, I appreciate it more listening to it as a you know, as a grown adult, um, and maybe, maybe the the antithesis of that is in a bitches ain't shit when Snoop is it shines on that one, but it's obviously so misogynistic. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. which are not not on the original version of the album that one either. That was um, added later. Yeah, um, interestingly, and I still don't know the story behind that, but uh... I really love um, "Stranded on Death Row" as oh, well. That's my second favorite track, Larry. It I is really good. It. It's so it's got Great such a. Cut. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, one of the all-time great posse cuts. It's got that kind of really foreboding like intro with the organ and the bass. Yeah, hosted yeah. by Bushwick Bill again. Yeah, um, oh. and, and it's just an indication of how sort of democratic this album is. Like he bring it, he brought in the whole Death Row posse. Yeah, he gave them all a chance to shine. It was like a springboard for all their careers. Yeah, and it was a real sort of manifesto for the Death Row style and sound and how they wanted to go forward. Yeah. You know, and it made everybody really excited to hear what they all did next, like Rage, and yeah. Daz, and Corrupt. Uh, you know, Snoop obviously. I love so. R- RBX's verse on it. It's yeah, great. Of course. Yeah. Cannot forget yeah. RBX. Deranged like the hillside strangler. I love yeah. that love that line. And I live on hillside close. So I always think of that whenever I whenever I yeah. come home. Um one thing that I, I have to mention about Stranded on Death Row, like <laughs> you know how kind of um at the end of everyone's verse they kind of announce what cell they're in? Like what cell block? <laughs> yeah. And it always kind of amuses me that Rage says she's in Cell Block H. And I'm, I was a big fan of Prisoner Cell Block H, the TV show, which is about a woman's prison. And I just thought, I'm probably reading too much into it, but I just, I always, I like the idea that she says Cell Block H because she's in a woman's prison. Yeah. It's, it's a nod to it. She's it has probably, to be. Probably a big fan. Probably a big fan. Maybe. <laughs> And so then you got um, that you got that bit that's the spoken word bit at the end, which it's Bushwick Bill, isn't it? Um, yeah. About three three types of people in the world. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great track, a great track, and sort of a nice, uh, you know, track to have towards the end of the album. Keeps yeah. the energy up. Should have closed it out really. Yeah, the Roach bit stop start for me. Not that interested. Yeah. We're still banging on about smoking drugs. Yeah, it's a bit. But yeah, it is a bit dull, isn't it? Come on, yeah. Doctor Dre. You can do better than that. Um, so okay, well, I think that's uh, I think those that's those albums covered. Um, so I think only thing left to do now, chaps, is to vote for who we want to win that one. So let's start with you this time, Larry. What are you voting for? Well, it's not quite as clear cut as I assumed it would be. I think um, I'm feeding these kind of um, albums through the clear score, <laughs> sorry, the true score uh, system. Uh, I think it might be an offshoot of the clear of, of clear score. Um, they they're, they're kind of um, a, a little bit closer than than I sort of would have thought they would be. But yeah, I think um, the chronic is just such a monumental, momentous album that I don't see how you can vote for anything other than it. Really, I, I think you know 
in my mind it's a kind of five out of five album but actually when you listen to like the second half definitely isn't as good as the first half you've got that kind of run of in my opinion at least kind of dull tracks from rat-a-tat-tat through to like you know doctor's office which knows only a skit but just brings it that brings the average down a bit but yeah for me it's 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 got to be the chronic for this as much as i love um the far side album Brilliant. So that's one nil to the chronic steve what are you going for on this one yeah well i to, to be honest i can't really add anything other than what you've already said larry you kind of hit the nail on the head there so it's the chronic for me okay uh and for me um yeah putting myself back in the shoes of a wide-eyed excited 14 year old wandering into hmv exeter looking for this album and not being able to quite believe it was there buying it taking it home listening to it and just being absolutely blown away and awed by what i was hearing the amazing production the musicality the lyricism being introduced to this whole new bunch of characters who i would get to know very well over the years yeah I didn't feel that way necessarily about the far side as much as I love it. Um, it didn't have quite the same impact on me. So I think, you know, inevitably I'm going to have to vote for Dr. Dre too, um, which means another three nil win for Dr. Dre's The Chronic, which puts it firmly into the final of the Hip Hop World Cup for 1992 up against, oh, Ice Cube's The Predator. What a final. His old bandmate. His old bandmate, um, <laughs> local rival. Still beefing at this point. I, 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 were they? they? They certainly weren't. They weren't. Um, you were they? No, we were a little bit off uh, Natural Born Killers, weren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, a so couple of years off. They're yeah. probably just reconciling at this point, maybe just uh, making inroads. Maybe Dr. Dre sent him a letter. Maybe explaining his side of things, and who knows? But anyway, it set us up for a, a cracking final. Uh, we, we'll be back after this break. Okay, so you join us again pitch side at the Ulevi Stadium in Gothenburg for the final of the Hip Hop World Cup 1992. Our finalists are Dr. Dre's The Chronic uh, versus Ice Cube's The Predator. Um, a battle of the West Coast Titans, two, as we said, ex-bandmates um, up against each other competing for the title. Chaps, this is a, a massive game, isn't it? Steve, how are you seeing this one? Uh, pretty one-sided, to be honest. As you know, I, I've said all the way through, the Predators not not going to be my uh, favourite album from this year. I think it's been lucky to get to the final, in my opinion. It's dodged dodged some bigger albums, and um, and it's kind of scraped. It's not scraped its way through. That's been a bit unfair, but it's really interesting to hear what you were saying, Danny, about um, the Chronic. You know, about it. it's like a it's a transformational album, isn't it? When you when you listen to an al an album of that quality, and you hear what can be kind of produced and how things can sound and like the content matter when you listen to that for the first time or like subsequent times it really does kind of completely change you whereas you know the predator doesn't doesn't do any of any of that for me yeah yeah i, I hear what you're saying i mean so is this just a formality then or, or, or what does what does ice cubes a predator have to do um in order to overcome this sort of mighty foe is it a tactical thing does he need to think about his formation 
Um, does he need to maybe rearrange the track slightly to come up against the chronic? I think Larry, what, what can he do? He, I mean, there's nothing he can do um, under FIFA regulations, but mm -hmm. if he were able to bring in lots of subs, um, take 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 mugs off the pitch for a start yeah, right he's bring, got the lyrical potential isn't he bring, bring, yeah bring bring in sir jinx you know the, the boogeyman yeah. um he yes yeah, may, maybe kind of borrow some of the tracks from live and let die like the instrumentals oh yeah, yeah and rap over there then, then he might have a kind of he might have a might, might be able to mount a challenge but i think like the doctor i mean he, he he's better qualified the doctor Medically, um, definitely. Med medically, so he's got he's got that on his side. Ice Cube, as far as I'm aware, has got no qualifications at all. Um, apart, apart from, from being, uh, he's got, he's got, he's got, cold. yeah, he's, yeah, he's, this that he's, he's got, he's obviously got, a, he's got a degree, a, a degree in rapping, um, but so is Dr. Dre. Um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that be good if we could get like a FIFA Pro team of all the best tracks from the tournament to go up against the Chronic? I wonder whether it would still, yeah, like a know. World Eleven. Again, well, yeah, like an invitation well, on the level. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the Chronic would still probably win out because it's a proper album. But I think that don't you think the the World Eleven would exploit you know high powered? It would maybe see that as a weakness and sort of get in. That, that's the way it could get around the back. Quite and, possibly, and, and then yeah. sneak a one nil early one nil victory. We've got we've got two two greatest of all time rappers as well. We've got uh, Cool G Rap and Rakim. You know they they can bang a few in. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, we can't, I don't think we can bring in substitutes from other albums. Unfortunately, we're stuck with with what we've got. So, I think to me, this this kind of seems like um, I don't know. You know, sometimes when you've got you have like a, a football World Cup or you know Euros where there's like I don't know a fading Brazilian team who were kind of who won the World Cup last time. Yeah, but their best players have, are kind of getting a bit long in the tooth now. Germany are coming through with some really exciting young uh, players and that's mirrored in this tie I think because like Ice Cube is a bit of a spent force by this point yeah. like he's, his two classic albums okay e even if you say that this is like Danny's mad opinion that, th that this is kind of on a par with his last two albums I'm not saying it's on a par with them I just see that as part of that the, yeah, it, 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 it's, it is it is part of that kind of thing. But to me, I think Ice Cube's best days are behind him. Um, like, whereas Dr. Dre is in the ascendancy at this point. Like, this is he's already got two classic NWA albums under his belt, and you know the the like the Easy E and, and DOC albums he's done as well. But this is the start of Dr. Dre being the dominant force in hip-hop yeah. production for the next 10 20 years um such a great point does you know he doesn't he doesn't do much but what but what he does when he does bring records out he like nobody can touch him um ice cube is kind of making the move into sort of hollywood you know probably already by this point but yeah, Dr. Dre is Dr. Dre is is tomorrow's man. Today and tomorrow's man. Ice Cube's yesterday's man at, at this point, I think. Yeah, that's a great analogy. He's yeah. kind of like he's the Germany team taken over from from the Spain team who were dominant. Absolutely great point. Great point, Steve. So you know, what what are your thoughts about this match? I mean, is it is it like a David and Goliath? Is is Goliath actually going to win this one? Not a bloody chance. No, <laughs> no. I, I don't think there's anything left to say. Really, you just. 
this is just it, yeah I think Chronic, I asked you already, didn't I? Chronic was always going to kind of win this World Cup. It was it was the bookies' favourite. There was never going to be a team that could kind of come up against it. And I said, even if you combine all the best tracks, all the best rappers from their albums, you just can't, you can't compete. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, I think it's a worthy winner. It's definitely a worthy winner. I just want to say, Larry, I actually like Lethal Injection. I think that's my favourite Ice Cube album. Yeah, I think, I'm hope, hopefully we'll get to talk about that at some point, because that, that is a... There's some great tracks on that album. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about that as well because that's that's outrageous. How you can not like The Predator but prefer Lethal Injection is beyond me. But we'll save that one for the 1993 episode, hopefully. Um, so, should we just go for it then? Should we go? Should we vote on this one? I mean, that's it's such. Great. I mean, I mean, the Dr. Dre is such an influential. His footprint is massive on the world of hip hop. You know, I, I, I don't know. There are probably not going to be any surprises here. But let's we put it to the vote anyway, and let's see who's going to win this thing. Um, I'm going to start this time round. I think, uh, yeah, I think definitely for me, Dr. Dre is the best album of these two by a country mile. As much as I love The Predator uh, and as much as I do consider it to be one of Ice Cube's best three albums, um, there's it's just there's nothing it can do to to beat Dr. Dre's The Chronic. It was so influential, so polished that, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to get my vote easily. Um, so that's one nil uh, to The Chronic. Steve, what are you going for? Need I ask? Well, yeah, I think the Predator are feeling slightly embarrassed to be in the final and they've, they've just been absolutely thrashed. T- a 10-0 drubbing to the Chronic. And Larry, let's just round this off. Let's put it out of his misery. What are you going for? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one already, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to um, allow it to just burst the back of the net with a 90th minute screamer from outside the from outside the box. Nice. Um, it's, it's got a win, hasn't it? I mean, it's not just a classic hip-hop album it's a classic album you can't say that about any of the others here really like this this will appear on rolling stone mojo kind of top you know top hundred album of all time i still don't get bored of listening to it i mean i must have listened to this album like a thousand times probably it's one of the few hip-hop albums that i will still go back and listen to regularly now it's just such a treat to listen to yeah a mark of a classic so there we have um there we have it it's uh, a three nil win in the final for dr is the chronic uh that's our winner uh, of hip-hop world cup 1992 um and exciting news joining us now on the line to discuss our winning album and to talk a little bit about his illustrious career in, in football is the ex-Denmark and uh, Man United goalkeeper Peter Schmeichel. How are you doing, Peter? Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Uh, so, Pete, you, I mean, you famously won Euro 92 uh, with that Denmark team after replacing um, Yugoslavia. Um, and you were successful in that tournament. But how much of an influence was Dr. Dre's music over, your, over the team and how you performed in that tournament? He was a powerhouse. Are you there, Peter? He's been tremendous for us. What's happened? Oh my God! Uh, Peter, can you hear me? I hear him all the time. What's going on, Dan? Uh, I think we've. Uh, we, I think we got a bad line. Um, uh, we're gonna have to call him back. We're gonna have to try calling him back on a different line. There's a problem with the line. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, couldn't quite get through to Peter Schmeichel there. Oh, that's such a shame because I was really hearing, uh, interested to hear what he had to say about yeah. that that Euro '92 tournament. And to speak about it in that kind of famous. Mancunian Danish crossover voice, <laughs> so yeah. so beloved by football fans. Oh, and that is such a shame because he was hanging on all the way through that podcast, just waiting for this interview, and it gets oh. to it. And, uh, we, and that's uh, the future of this World Cup. Yeah, oh. and technology fails us. Well, hopefully that won't happen again in any of the future episodes. No. So let's uh, 
keep our fingers crossed. You are going to you are going to persist with it. Are you trying to get people to? I don't see why not. I mean, you know, I like to get these people to talk about their love of hip hop um, and you know famous footballers. So I'll, I'm going to yeah. keep trying. I'll get some great guests yeah, on in the future episodes. Don't worry about that. Okay, so anyway, do you? I mean, do you agree, disagree with our winning album out there in listener land? Um, so whether you agree, disagree, hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram at Hip Hop World Cup. Uh, if you want to talk about our winner or you just want to share your thoughts on 90s hip hop in general. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. Uh, and until the next episode, we're ghosts like Patrick Swayze. See you later.